What's going on, everybody? This is KJ Kearney of Black Food Fridays. I'm with my great friend Anella Malik of Feed the Malik, and you are listening to the Fix Your Plate podcast on the Eat, Drink, and Dine Network. And today we have a very special guest, Miss Nina, one third of Dine Diaspora. What is Dine Diaspora, you ask? Well, you keep listening, and Nina will give you an example of all the wonderful work they're doing in the food space. So take a listen to this upcoming episode. All right, Nina, we are so excited to have you with us today. Uh, Caveat, Nina is a friend of mine, but for those of our listeners who don't know about you and our work, could you introduce yourself, please? Sure. So excited to be finally on the show. Uh, Nina Duro, I'm co-founder of Dine Diaspora. Dine Diaspora is um, an organization, a company that me and my two friends started um, based in Washington, D.C. We, what we call ourselves is that we connect people and brands to African food culture. What that basically means is that we work with a lot of culinary creatives, a lot of chefs, um, and we position them with brands and with the opportunities for them to be amplified and for them to also make money, to be honest with you. Um, and we've been doing that for um, seven years. So next week is um, our seventh anniversary. Congratulations on seven years <laughs> in the game, man. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you. So let me ask you a real quick question. When you first started Dine Diaspora, uh, were the goals the same as you are as they are today, or has th- have things evolved over time? They've definitely changed over time. They've definitely evolved over time. So when we first started, we didn't know what we were doing, <laughs> and we didn't know what the goal should be. To be honest with you, so we st- first started with dinners. Um, if anyone ever remembers um, us before, even when you go like all the way back to our Instagram, we did a lot of um, private dinners, um, very curated small dinners that featured. Um, emerging chefs in the culinary industry. And so our first chef that we ever worked with was actually um, Eric in Japan. And yeah, so it's amazing to see where he's at now. And we basically all started at the same time in this kind of thing. Um, And he's done so much since then, but it's such a funny story to go back and think about that. But we started with dinners, but we started to recognize one, people wanted more um, in terms of connecting with other people over food. So then we went to festivals. And then beyond that, we started to really recognize the critical need for these chefs and culinary creatives that we work with to not just be amplified, but to um, gain access to opportunities um, for to grow their, their, their brands and their businesses. And how did whose idea was it to say, OK, we know all these African chefs. Right. And we know these brands. Let's put them together. Like, whose bright idea was that? Because I think it's genius. Well, I don't think it, honestly, things just happened organically. So we basically, we when we first started, it was kind of like, we don't want to ever be in a position where we're not paying um, these chefs and um, culinary creatives. So we, we, we were like, we're going to start a business and it has to make money because we need to pay these people. Um, we don't want to be at the point where we are the ones that are contributing to them not being paid, just like we see now in the industry. Um, and although we're small, if we're not making money, then we shouldn't exist. So that's how we saw it. So for our dinners, we would curate it in a way, charge people to come pay the chefs, everything, market rates, everything we could. Um, and that really informed how we would build on next. So when we started doing the bigger events like the festivals, we got sponsorships, things like that, that would still help us invest in the people that actually 
it was centered on. So it was all, everything was ever always centered around food. And that's where we kind of got the idea that, look, these brands want <laughs> to work with these people. Um, they need to work with people of color. Um, and these um, culinary creators are, rec are always saying, look, we need to get the opportunities that are equitable that allow us to grow. And also we want to shape how we do our work, like in terms of the food they create. If you go and work in a restaurant where you're doing your restaurant menu, if you come to a Dine Diaspora event and you're featured in a Dine Diaspora event, we give you the opportunity to do your own thing. Um, and oftentimes chefs um, are testing out um, their menus, their processes with us. Um, and obviously they, they go on to do other great things on their own. So of course the pandemic has shifted how you operate, how we all operate, but I want to ask you to think about maybe a year or two in the future. What do you imagine for you and for your organization? Yeah, so honestly, pandemic drove us to a point. We haven't had our festival. We already had pivoted from doing um, the dinners we used to do. We pivoted from that a long time ago. And just be honest, it wasn't a moneymaker. We were paying everybody, but we weren't able to pay ourselves. So we were just like, dinners is not, is not going to work. It's not sustainable. Um, and so that was one of the things that we kind of already had pivoted from. Um, the festival was a great, another great, great opportunity for us, but obviously in a pandemic, you can't do a festival. Um, so during the pandemic, we ended up doing a lot more of um, the virtual, virtual events. So we had a partnership with Facebook. We had um, a lot of businesses that were basically doing like live demos and there to, to get, you know, boost, um, employee morale. So we've done a lot of those um, over the pandemic. Moving on in the future, Anella, great question. I see I see us doing both. I see a hybrid. Um, I think that the pandemic honestly opened up the opportunity of virtual in a way that we wouldn't have had the opportunity to test, even if we would have come up with those ideas. Um, and I think as the world moves past COVID, hopefully as we get to that that day, um, I think we are all seeing the the need for a hybrid world, to be honest. One thing that I would definitely say um, this whole pandemic has enabled us to do is be able to reach our audiences outside of the outside of DC more. So a bunch of the virtual stuff that we've had, I mean, people from all over the world, way more than, um, we could have brought to DC. A lot of people always used to be like, are you going to come to Nigeria? Are you going to come to Nigeria? We're like, if you send us your ticket and <laughs> right. you got Niger come to Nigeria money. <laughs> yeah. So we always like, let's talk about that. And it never really comes to fruition. Um, and so those are sort of what I see moving forward. I think that's dope. Now, in my ears, processing what you're saying, uh, is is are y'all turning into an agency? Would you go that far? Yeah, we are an agency. So if you look on our website now, that's how we described ourselves. So initially, we were sort of a I don't even want an experiential company, <laughs> um, experiential food um, events company. Um, and later on, we we had actually strategically positioned ourselves as an agency. So we do um, connect these um, businesses to. Um, uh, chefs usually that are going to do, be doing demos for them, things like that. Um, so a lot of networking goes on on the business side. A lot of things that people don't see on like Instagram are those kind of work. Um, and so I, definitely we are an agency. <laughs> Fair. And so for people who are listening to this episode and have never heard of y'all, right? Uh, let's say I'm an African chef. And I'm trying to get connected. Like I, I, I can cook very well, but I don't know anybody in the industry. 
how do people end up working with y'all? Do they reach out to you or do you scout different chefs and food creatives? So let me just make a, a big correction here. We don't just work with African chefs. We work with all black chefs and creatives. So when I say creatives, yeah, when I say creatives, I'm th thinking about people that make like products and things like that too. Um, we also work with people like y'all <laughs> um, that don't necessarily make the food. Um, in, in terms of, um, we honestly, we look at the whole food ecosystem. Um, and so depending on the opportunities that we are identifying with companies, we may bring one of you guys on to just do a panel series for the company or things like that. Um, so in that sense, you know, we look across the diaspora um, and your question was. <laughs> no, my question was if, if I'm a part of the diaspora, right. And I want to be a part of that. some of the stuff y'all got going on. Like, do I reach out or do y'all scout who you want to work with? We do both. So we, we usually, um, we, now that now we've worked seven years, we've worked with a lot of people. Um, and so we do circle back to the people that we work with when we can. And we're always looking for new new opportunities. One of the ways in which we also get connected to people is through our other initiatives, like the Black Women in Food Initiative. Um, since those women become part of our network, we get to get closer to them. When we get opportunities, we circle back to those groups and say, hmm, who would be a good fit for this? So that's how we worked with some, some people. Um, what, I'll just go back to how this even started. So um, before I go there, people do also reach out to us. They just email us like on Instagram, you just go and you know, you hit, you know, email. <laughs> um, and we, if it fits, it fits. We used to do tasting way back. We used to be like, okay, here's some chefs we've identified for this year. And we would literally send either send folks to do tastings and do reviews for us, or we would go do tastings ourselves, depending on where they were. Um, the idea is that we need to make sure you're credible, right? Like Instagram be lying sometimes. <laughs> uh, say, say that again. You said Instagram be what now? Instagram be lying sometimes. All right now. And we've been burned <laughs> by just looking on Instagram. And, and, and I say that to say someone can have great looking food, all these things be great, you know, um, with camera and all this stuff, but may be unprofessional, um, may may not position be positioned to do the work in the way that we want to 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 our reputation to stand. And so the way you know going and sometimes we just even go to some chefs' events. Some chefs also like invite us to stuff, come to my event. That's really honestly a vetting process. We're like, hmm. This person could be someone we work with. In the virtual world, we might even attend someone's virtual event, right? We're not opposed to like just coming in and sitting in. It's not this big like <laughs> ordeal to like come and work with us. Um, and some people might send us some of their information. So those are the type of things that you know we might do to be able to see the right people. Um, but a lot of the things that we we also do are funnels to seeing if we want to work with somebody long term. I knew of your company because of the black women in food. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I really want you to take a little bit of time to explain. And let me just say <laughs> my co-host is <laughs> one of these black women in food that y'all have uh, highlighted. So shout out to Anella. Yes. Um, but yeah, just talk about, let's start off with this question. What is black women in food? So let okay, I think I have to honestly go back to where this even began. 
So one, Anella is amazing. And she was, um, she has, is the, one of the current 2020, what are we, 2021, 2021. <laughs> food honorees. Time is um, we're actually starting now to get ready for 2022. Um, where does all started? Um, so when we first started, maybe in year two, um, we had been doing our events, right? So we were doing um, our dinner series. We were doing our chop bar festival. Uh, we were doing panels, our dish and sip series that um, are usually panels or book talks, things like that. And honestly, if you go back to those days, we worked with a lot of men, a lot of black men. And we were like, oh my gosh, we looked at ourselves and we were like, we are black women and we are feeding into um, the constant cycle of enabling men to be the ones that profit in this industry. Um, and so we looked at each other and we said, you know what, we have to do something about this. And how do we do that? So we came up with the, our plan, the Black Women in Food Initiative. Um, and that initiative basically was our way of saying, look, there are all of these amazing Black women out there. And we were honestly not always finding them because the media was not talking about them as much. Um, when you were looking like, who's the best? Did it, you know, all these things, it was always some black man. And I think, you know, let me just say something about that. It is not that black men or black, black men in the industry are not also facing the same sort of subjugation and oppression that others, you know, that people of color face in the industry. But because of their maleness, they tend to benefit from the opportunities that white men get because of the male maleness. Now that doesn't excuse them from racism and all the other things that happen, but it tends to be that when people are sought out, when people are positioned, maleness is a privilege. Yeah, that's I what mean, we it's, saw. It's absolutely still a patriarchal culture. Yeah. And you know, patriarchy also leads us to believe that men are better suited for leadership roles, which would make you think that they're better suited for um any honors, public speaking, awards, things of that nature. Yeah. So I want to ask about, not to cut you off, this initiative, right? How it started, but um, I'm very curious to see how you envision the Black Women in Food Initiative progressing in the future as well, if you think it'll stay the same or if you have any grand ideas, because it is really impactful and I think it is really important. Yeah, so thanks for asking that question, Amela. Um, initially, when we started, it was about amplification, right? Because we, like, like I said, we were trying to solve our own problem. We weren't getting access to the women as much. Yeah, they're on Instagram, things like that, but people writing about them, them being really like positioned in ways where others could see them and also like we could easily, you know, work with them was not that case. So we started to help pe people get that list and then uh, we would be supported by that list. And since then it's been about amplification, positioning those women, you know, with, you know, media and things like that as much as we can. Um, and also even the list, many people come back to us and say, yeah, we found someone on that list, et cetera, et cetera. The next phase of that is doing a little, dig digging a little bit deeper to support the women more. Um, one thing, so this year was the first time that where we convened the women to have a discussion. Um, about their needs. And one of the one of the things that they identified was that we just want to network amongst each other. Like we are all in our own corners. We have a lot to offer each other, but we don't have the opportunities to actually do that. And I get that. 
So one of the things that we're doing is launching a community actually like next week <laughs> um, <laughs> so that the women can just talk to each other. We don't want to be the intermediary. Sometimes people are like, can you send this to the black women in food? No, you guys are all amazing. <laughs> you should be connected to each other and you should be supporting each other, collaborating, working together, getting advice from each other. Um, the other thing that we're, we are working on doing is providing more opportunities for the women to be able to also get sort of um, capacity building opportunities, meaning you know workshops and opportunities that they can use to develop themselves. This is all, there's just so much talent in the group. I don't even think we need to go external <laughs> to make that happen. I think what I see is a powerful community um, that can support each other. And we're building, we're, what we're now doing is building the infrastructure to enable that to happen. And I, I think what I'm hoping is that all the women will be able to come together to support and work together and create things for that to happen. Um, we're also looking at grant programs, um, offering grants to the women for opportunities and things like that. So we're raising money for all, everything I just said we're raising money for. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> the funniest thing about things like this is that women that were in the first year will be part of the community. But as we every year, as it gets better and better, I would say the current cohort probably is you know gets a little bit more. Like last year. We got we were able to secure more partnerships than ever, right? And it seems like year after year, especially after George Floyd and things like that, people are really being, I guess, held account accountable for their um, commitments to equity. And the Black Women in Food Initiative didn't start because of that. And I think having companies tap in now is a great time for us to be able to um, move to the next level. Do you feel some kind of way? And when I say, do you feel some kind of way, like you said, your initiative has been going on way before uh, the quote unquote June boom of 2020. Right. And now a lot of brands are coming on board. Do you feel some kind of way or do you feel like, hey, this is an opportunity for us to grow capacity or build bridges or I don't want to put words in your mouth. So how do you feel about all this new attention from these bigger brands? There's a two, two ends of the coin. Um I feel like it's an opportunity, definitely. Um, I think whenever you're in a position to leverage any kind of support to grow um, um, any sort of initiative for women of color, um, we need to grab and seize the opportunity. Where my frustration comes from and then the other side of it is that it often, the idea that it, if a company comes on board for a moment, then, and black women will always be black women, They're, they'll most likely need these opportunities. Then you may we may lose that sustainable um, pathway that we're trying to create, and that's what we're about, right? We're trying to create an initiative that's sustainable, that you know circles around that the women thrive. But I think even without all of these opportunities, I think one thing that we've always been um, very strong about, and and is that we've got what we need. Like I said, this network of women are amazing in themselves. If brands don't want to come on board, if people think that their moment is done and they're checking out their boxes, I know for sure that this group will still thrive. And I think for me, that's that's where I'm at. I'm like, whether or not you're coming on board, we're still going. Um, most of the partnerships that we've actually had are from other Black businesses, such as um, <laughs> Black Food Fridays. Um, and so it's not in the sense where I really feel like we have to depend on others to come on board. 
when we first started, there was no funding. We still did it, right? And we've been doing it and doing it and doing it. Um, but I do want to seize the moment to get more opportunities because this initiative is supporting such an amazing, amazing group of women that I think with the right partnerships, it could be even greater. So on that note, I think we should wrap it up only because I could talk to Nina about her work for like two and a half hours and nobody wants to listen to all of that. But (laughs) (laughs) to end, Nina, I want to ask you uh, a question that we will be asking many people throughout the course of this podcast, but I always find the answer to be so illuminating because it changes based on who you're talking to. So what does Black food mean to you? I think Black food means power to me. Um, And I say that because I, and in my journey from little girl to to big girl now, um, I think the the connection to food in my experience has been powerful. It's been the means through which I've connected with some of the the major um, people in my life now. It's been the means through which I grow um, food is always a part of it. And I think that's, it goes back to how, why we started Dine Diaspora. It was over dinner, we've decided that dinner would be the way that we connected with others. And if so, who would we want to center in those dinners? And it was a black food person, right? Um, and that's to me what that power is. And if we are all able to look past our differences and see food as that sort of powerful agent of change, I think we could make some progress. That was delicious. No pun intended. <laughs> well, maybe pun intended, but that was that was a really, really strong answer. <laughs> also, Nina, uh, we like to give people an opportunity to give shout outs before we leave. And so if you don't mind, yeah. we want you to give some shout outs. Okay. Wow. Where do I begin? Well, honestly, shout out to you, you two. Okay, let's start with there. I'm so proud of you, like what you've done in such a, honestly, a short amount of time. It's something, I I mean, I hope that you guys can, you know, give us more lessons and opportunities. But I think, you know, hearing, seeing you guys do this is amazing. And I know that the recorded words are so important to Black food culture, to be honest. And I know that centuries to come, people can come to things like this and listen to the journeys of so many people that often may not get the the limelight, but are doing amazing work. So shout out to you too. Um, my co-founders, of course, we started, you know, way back when we didn't know what we were doing. Um, and we've come a long way. And I think we're still learning um, and, you know, really looking to support each other as we build. Um, and I think who else would I give a shout out to um there's so many friends in the industry i don't want to name one and not the other <laughs> yeah don't do that that's a bad look bro so I'm your, just leave your it right dms would be blowing up we don't need that i'm gonna leave it right there shout out to all the black women in food honorees <laughs> and kj what's your shout out for the day oh i want to give a shout out mm. you know what i want to go random because sometimes we do we go random with our shout outs, Nina. I want to give a shout out to Matcha. Matcha was the lovely young young man at Guitar Center who hooked me up <laughs> with this really nice microphone that I have now because Anella's audio be sounding crispy, bruh. And I want to be like her when I grow up. So hopefully y'all notice the difference 
you can hear the sultriness in my voice because I have a good mic. But all joking aside, I also want to give I also want to give a shout out to Juju. Y'all don't know Juju. Juju works behind the scenes. She is our uh, editor. She does magic with this work, bro. She is so talented. So I want to give a shout out to Juju Frazier as well. Anella, you're going to end off the end of the episode with your shout outs and then take us home, please. Yeah. So I actually want to shout out, um, I'll just name the Instagram account because that's going to be the best way for people to find it. But um, there are two uh, incredible black women behind this account, black owned NWA that I met while I was in Northwest Arkansas, who started this project, <laughs> just like you did, Nina, and just like I did when I started my project with no clue what you know, you're doing. You're just like, this is a good idea. I'm going to do it. And when I started researching my trip, I realized that they had built an incredible resource and not just food folks, but black owned businesses throughout the region. They host a black owned business expo every year. And, and granted, they do all of this, like in addition to their, their uh, full-time jobs. So shout out to the folks at black owned NWA and all of the folks throughout the country that are doing similar work, because I think, what we saw last year in June during the June boom was that suddenly all of this work that people had been doing for years got highlighted, right? It got linked on the James Beard website or it got posted by Eater, but that's work that people had been doing largely unpaid for years and years. And so I think those people definitely deserve their shout outs. Snap, 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 snaps. <laughs> All right, Nina. So could you tell all of our listeners where to find you, your work, Dine Diaspora, all of the things? Yeah. So check us out um, on our website, um, dinediaspora.com, and sign up for our newsletter um, on the website on the main page um, where you get events, opportunities, um, tons of fun stuff in the food industry. Um, and the other thing I would say, follow us on Instagram at Dine Diaspora, follow us on Twitter at Dine Diaspora, and that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in to our most recent episode of the Fix Your Plate podcast on the Eat, Drink, and Dine Network. We have news for you today, folks. This is the last episode of our season. And this episode is a perfect example of what you can expect from us for season two. So if you've been along for this journey with us, you've heard a lot about us, myself and KJ, our backgrounds, our work during this first season. We really wanted to introduce who we are and what we're about to our listeners. And now for the second season, we have a really exciting project for you. We will be talking to, interviewing, and getting all the insights from a diverse array of Black food and beverage folks from all aspects of the scene. And this episode with Nina is a prime example of the kind of work you can expect for us in season two. So we'll be back in a few weeks and we can't wait to talk to you. In the meantime, do us a favor and share this episode with at least one friend. Leave us a review, a rating, a comment, all of those things so that we know you're excited for season two. We can't wait.